0: Welcome back. And on today's Locked On Dimebacks podcast, we are ranking the bullpens in the NL West and we got a crossover with Sully Baseball of Locked On MLB. We are now doing Monday's with Millard on Locked On MLB. So you're going to get a little snippet from our pod on Monday. We're just talking about the state of the game we record this Sunday night. I still think it's very relevant to what's going on in baseball today. So It's going to be a jam-packed pod, as always, so let's jump right into it.
1: You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome into the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. I'm your host, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist, and I'm a graphic designer. So please, go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Of course, if you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at CreativeThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Lockdown Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle, and of course, Thank you for making Locked On Dimebacks your first listen every day. Would not be able to do this podcast without you, my listeners sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. But. As I said in the cold open, we are starting today's pod by discussing or really just ranking the road, not the rotations, the bullpens in the NL West before we talk to Sully Baseball about the state of the game where we just talk a whole bunch about the lockout and superstar trades and a whole bunch of different things pertaining to baseball. So that's going to be a really fun discussion with Sully. But before we get there. Let's jump into these rankings for the bullpen's in the NLS because this is we're we're kind of doing a network wide where we kind of do one segment at the end of our pods or at the beginning of the pod, sometime during the pod where we're all kind of hitting the same benchmark or doing the same topic across the network, at least for the baseball side. So Monday, we rank the rotations. Today is ranking the bullpens. And I can tell you guys what we're ranking on Friday, but I just honestly don't remember. I don't have it written down. So that's a bad tease by me, but we're also ranking something else within the division on Friday. Maybe the lineup or something. I don't really remember. But we will be ranking ranking something else on Friday. Today, we are ranking the bullpen. So we're going to do it, as always, from the bottom to the top. And at number five for bullpens in the NL West we got the Colorado Rockies it had to either be the Rockies or it had to be the D-backs and there's definitely a case for the D-backs to be the worst bullpen in the NL West entering 2022 because remember we're doing this off projections for next season and the way I kind of did these bullpen rankings is I just looked at the top five guys for each bullpen for each team here because I assume they're going to use five relievers the most So I kind of looked off last year's innings pitch leaders plus if these teams acquired anybody new in the offseason just made a combination so for the rockies their go-to five relievers i think are going to be remember again this is just speculation what i think i you know from research and doing other things so if you guys want to tell me i'm wrong please hit me up on twitter at creator thomas 24 if you don't think that guy will be in his bullpen i mean We're doing this so early in the, still kind of early, even though baseball is supposed to start in less, you know, in like a month. This is still pretty early because there's still free agency, we're still in the lockout, so a lot of these bullpens are gonna shake up by the time if the season starts. But with the Colorado Rockies, their bullpen consists of their top five: Daniel Bard, Carlos Estevez, Robert Stevenson, Lucas Gilbreth, and Ben Bowden. And this is a group. Like I don't I don't like it very much. I told you the D-Backs could have been last, but I think the Rockies deserve to be last because they were also a terrible bullpen last season, like the D-Backs, fourth worst ERA last season in the National League. There's not a ton of young talent in that bullpen. I'm not sure if the D-backs have young talent, they have young pitchers, but I don't know if they're talented. We'll see, we'll see about that in 2022. And you know, even though I don't love the bullpen, I also have to take into account that they pitch at Coors field. So that's going to also jack up their ERA a little bit, so the fact that they're already not good and then they're playing in a hitter-friendly ballpark I think has to take them a little bit down on my totem pole. Second fewest strikeouts in the National uh, in the National League last season for the Rockies. Their bullpen second fewest strikeouts in the whole NL last season, so this Rockies bullpen, there's just not a ton of names I love. I love the Daniel Bard story. I grew up a Red Sox fan. He was you know, electric for a couple years there before the Red Sox kind of ruined him. So it's fun to see him back in baseball after like seven years out the league, still throwing 95 plus, but is he really a good pitcher? Uh, I don't know. More of a good story than a good pitcher. So Rockies, you're number five in the bullpen rankings to start off. Number four, we got your favorite team if you're listening to this podcast, the Arizona Dimebacks, and their top five is probably going to consist of Mark Melanson. Caleb Smith, Joe Mantipoli, Noah Ramirez, and Humberto Castellanos. Maybe a J.B. Braskakis or Tyler Gilbert cracked that top five. But right now, that feels like the D-backs top five heading into next season. Of course, lockout for agency we still don't know. But one deal did get done before the lockout. That is the D-backs going after Mark the Shark Melanson. Just by himself, I think he puts the D-backs bullpen above the Rockies because there's no go-to guys like Melanson on the Rockies. You can legit give the ball to Melanson late in games, close games, high leverage moments, and not have to worry. This guy, he's not a strikeout artist, but he definitely can deuce ground balls and he's definitely not giving up earned runs, which is the most important thing. The D-Backs were tied for the worst bullpen ERA last season. Um, they also just didn't save a ton of games. They were also last and save. So Mark Melanson's gonna help out both of those areas. Now, the D-Backs did have the fewest strikeouts in the National League last season. So that area is not really going to get helped out because Mark Melanson is a strikeout artist, And just up and down this D-backs bullpen, there's not a lot of flamethrowers, so it's not a surprise to see that they don't have a lot of strikeouts either. So right now, D-backs, number four, but maybe there's some potential for them to move up the rankings. If a is Corbin Martin, Tyler Gilbert, Castellanos, so one of those young guys have a breakout season, or maybe a Kevin Ginko rejuvenates, but can't count on that. Number three, we got the San Diego Padres bullpen. Craig Stammen, Nabil Chrisman, Emilio Pagan, Tim Hill, and Luis Garcia. And this was the third best ERA in the National League last season. But they're missing some key pieces because as I just mentioned with the D-backs, Mark Melanson is coming over from San Diego. The Padres closer, probably their best reliever, is now just gone. Plus Daniel Hudson, who's a pretty good middle reliever too. I'm kind of worried about this Padres bullpen a little bit next season. They do have a lot of guys that they could move back to the bullpen like Ryan Weathers or you know maybe Mike Clevenger, you bring out the bullpens to the start the year since he's coming off injuries. The, the Padres have guys like Lamet and Clevenger coming back off injuries, so maybe one of those guys enter the rotation, which will kick somebody else out of the rotation, maybe to the bullpen, so... The Padres are going to have some moves and decisions to make before the season starts, but they did go out and get Luis Garcia before the lockout, which was a good pickup. So the Padres bullpen was really good last season, but I am a little trepidatious for them entering 2022, but they're still the third best bullpen in the NL West. Number two, we got the Dodgers bullpen, Blake Trinion, Phil Beckford, Mitch White, Victor Gonzalez, David Price. But the issue with the Dodgers bullpen is those five names are very good, but Canley Jansen, they're closer the last, what, decade? He's a free agent. Joe Kelly, he's a free agent. He had a very good season. They did sign Daniel Hudson before the lockout, but this Dodgers bullpen, even with Jansen and Joe Kelly... As free agents and could potentially be leaving, uh, it's like their rotation. They don't have Kershaw in there right now. They're you know they didn't have Dustin May to end the year, but that rotation is still the best in the national in the NL West. And their bullpen, I don't think it's the best in the NL West, but it's still gonna be deadly. Trineon Bickford, Gonzalez, uh, a few other pieces in their bullpen as well. They still got flamethrowers. They can still rack up the strikeouts. They can still attack dudes at the plate and in the middle of the strike zone, something the D-backs cannot do because they'll be throwing meatballs if they try to attack the middle of the strike zone. Second in bullpen, ERA last season in the National League, you might get Dustin May or Tony Gonsolin to be a reliever for you as well next season, which could be deadly and. You know, the structure of the pen could change with Jensen or Kelly. That's why I think they're number two, because I think number one just has more consistently and is just everyone knows their role a little bit more. Next season, their roles are more defined. If Jensen's not there, you're going to have to find a new closer, and it could change up everybody else's roles in the bullpen. So I think from year to year, the number one team, the San Diego Padres, have the best chance, excuse me, excuse me, the number one team, the San Francisco Giants, I believe, have the best chance to repeat as the best bullpen in the NL West because that's what they had last season. Their bullpen was number one in ERA right in the National League last season. It also had the best whip, and it was tied for the most saves. so... The Giants' bullpen was absolutely nasty. Jake McGee, Tyler Rogers, Jarlene Garcia, Jose Alvarez, and Zach Littell is their top five, and all of them had a sub-three ERA last season. Imagine if the D-backs had one or two relievers with a sub-three ERA, sub ERA. The Giants have five. The Giants' bullpen is very good, and entering next season, there is no reason why I think it shouldn't repeat as the best bullpen in the NL West. Maybe the Dodgers take them because of free agency move, but right now, as of today, when I'm recording this, March 1st, I believe the Giants have the best bullpen in the National League West. Now, Sully Baseball and I will discuss the state of baseball, but first, this episode is brought to you by Online. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. Lockdown MLB Prospects host, Lindsey Crosby, is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast and do that crossover with Sully Baseball.
1: We're doing a crossover here at Locked On MLB. In fact, we're going to be doing crossovers for the next bunch of MLBs, which would be with our new friend, <laughs> friend who have been here for a while, Mr. Miller Thomas is going to be our guest here on Locked On MLB. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. This show is available wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown and Pod. Same handle on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. If you look down there, you can follow me at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And my Monday partners, you know, it's not Tuesdays with Maury. It's going to be Mondays with Millard. Oh, Millard Thomas, who's been a frequent guest on this podcast. I've been on your podcast. You've been on my oh, podcast. Yeah. The host of Lockdown Diamondbacks. And I'll say it. I'm brave enough to say it, Uh-oh. one of my friends wow. in the lockdown world, and one of my favorite hosts on here. Um, I'm glad to, let's, uh, we're going to try to do this, do this for a bunch of Mondays and have, uh, although is this, is this going out live to the world right now?
0: Uh, think, no. Can people watch <laughs> this right now? I hope not. I think um, I have record only, so hopefully it's not being broadcast uh, Well, Either way, either way I
1: didn't know if this was going out live and throwing it out to Saturn, but hey, we'll Miller, let's Let's uh, talk a little bit about here. So we're we're wrapping up February. Pitchers mm-hmm. and catchers should have reported. Should've. Minor leaguers have reported. And, um, hey, just uh, what are your thoughts right now? What's going to happen? I mean, I know you don't know for sure because, you know, neither one of us are in the negotiation room. But are they going to come to their senses or what?
0: um honestly i don't know like i've just kind of stopped caring about the lockout negotiations when it first started i was the guy like beating all the updates on my pod trying to do all the information but over the last few weeks i've just kind of stopped caring about it because either we're gonna have a season or not gonna have a season or maybe we'll have half a season like we don't know at this point the players and the owners they just keep going back and forth they will submit one proposal and then they'll change it by like two million dollars and then submit another one and then someone gets angry someone leaves the table early like overall i just want baseball to come back i don't really care about the negotiations at this point I know the players are fighting for a lot I know the owners are not trying to concede but at the end of the day I just want to see the sport of baseball back I'm not sure what the timeline is I've kind of just stopped following the updates because eventually I'm just going to wake up and they're going to tell me either we're having a season or we're not
1: yeah I mean I like intellectually and I'm going to talk about this so if you listen to lockdown MLB I'm going to talk a little bit about this tomorrow that I think we need to have the Basis of negotiations start with honesty and reality. And if the owners are claiming they're losing money, uh, I call a gigantic BS on that. And if we need, if we can't start negotiating, if one side is not dealing with reality, but that's mm-hmm. a different. Uh, that's me making an intellectual conversation and making a point of here's something that could help negotiations. Be honest, but uh, but as a baseball fan and also, quite frankly, someone. Who makes a little bit of money talking about baseball on the Locked On Podcast Network? Mm-hmm. You know, it's easier to to you know sell built bars when we actually have ball games to talk about. I mean, i I've, I've been having a blast this off season talking about, hey, what if this trade happened? What if this? Yeah, let's do a I love game show. Those. But uh, at some point, you got to say, let's talk about what's happening on the field. And at some point, I think it would be absolutely disastrous if baseball doesn't start playing soon. I'm going I'm to read you a, a text. My cousin Dave, who I love dearly, and, and he's, he may be listening to this right now, um, he is my cousin, but in my mind, he's a sibling. I mean, we're that mm-hmm. close. I mean, and we text every day. I lived with him for a little while. Mm. You know, he's that kind of a, you know, he's that kind of a, a relative. And he sent, and I, we we literally send some sort of a text every single day to each other. And he wrote to me, and he has two kids who are roughly the same age as my kids. And he said, my kids are both avid sports fans, but MLB ranks last in their order of preference. Oh, for sure. With the game slipping further behind other sports, both sides dig in their heels. And while I understand intellectually, I'm vehemently pro player and anti-owner on a lot of stuff, I am also understanding that thinking they can just expect people to come running back, I'm going to come running back, you're going to come running back. But there's a whole audience out there that they're not tapping into that won't care, that will not care. If American Idol got canceled tomorrow, it will not affect my life in any way, shape or form. And for that, there's a whole section of the country that if baseball doesn't exist, they'll be like, oh, And then move on with their life. And baseball could be in real danger of that in this world to think that people are just going to come back. There's too much in our Netflix queue as it is.
0: Yeah, baseball's problem is their own arrogance is feeling like they just kind of have a stranglehold. Like they kind of still feel like they're back in the seventies, eighties and nineties in terms of their popularity. And because they look at their profits and even though they might claim poor, all the numbers say like baseball's as profitable as any sport. I believe they still make more money than the NBA. Like baseball is doing great. So from the owner's pocket standpoint, they don't really see an issue with the game. They don't see an issue with marketing toward youngest fans, probably as much because their pockets are still full. They're still making money. So it's hard to say, yeah, we might be, you know, leaving out certain segments of an audience, but overall, if we still are hitting our numbers every season, if our ratings are still looking fine, if our wallets are still fat, like, why should we make any changes to our game, to our systems, how things are structured? Because at the end of the day, we're still coming out on the positive end of things, and that's basically all the owners care about. Sully and I will continue our discussion, but this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Bilt Bar. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're absolutely delicious, and the thing with Bilt Bar is... They taste like a candy bar, but that's how they trick you because they're not. Remember, they're protein bars. That means low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for that keto diet. If you want your own flavor because I love cookies and cream, just go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Wind or often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why well, choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a change store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about this box? So they know we send you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com until them locked on sent you. right or right or right let's
1: wrap up the pod all right and hannah kaiser made a great point on yahoo sports that if uh if baseball teams are losing money now after making record profits over the last couple of decades then mm-hmm. why wouldn't they fire rob manfred mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like <laughs> why would he still have a job because they've pushed out commissioners in the past just ask mm-hmm. mr fay vincent that So uh, it just it it makes little sense that they're taking the tactics they're losing, but they can't lose because it's a point I've made many times. Think about like right now, I am, you know, I'm. There's about five or six shows I'm behind on, Mm -hmm. and every two minutes, someone says, "Hey, are you watching the 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 return of Bennett Shamsai? Have you heard Millet?" Have you heard of the show The Return of Bennett Shamsay Shamsayan? I Netflix, have not. That people are going nuts mm-hmm. over it because I made it up. But there's so many shows out Makes there that sense. you probably said, yeah, that sounds like a show. There's so many shows that you could be like, hmm, yeah, I hear people are saying about it. And, of course, people watch it like it's 50 episodes. Oh, yeah, it, it dropped yesterday. I've watched all 50. They're amazing. Spoiler <laughs> alert. And there, there's so many shows are so like, you know, are, are so There's so many great shows. And then I'm also catching up on my Oscar watching. And then, you know, there's all these other stuff that's going on. If you, you know, for some people who aren't baseball mad like me Mm -hmm. to say, oh, we're going to remove this from your queue, You're kind of, actually, it's kind of a relief. I don't have to watch that right now because I'm still catching up on everything else. That's the, that is the media world that baseball is existing in right now. And the arrogance that they think that they can step out and expect people to come running back in line. It's like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to be watching Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian and the British Baking Show and Lupin. And what other shows are out there? And then the Ozark. Oh, you know, Ozark's, good. Ozark's great. <laughs> and oh, the new season of uh, Mrs. Maisel. I mean, there are so, too many. And... I, I, you know, baseball can't get out of line and think that their people are going to come running back to them.
0: Yeah, it's not surprising that you see the owners treating their fans like this because you look at some of their teams how they treat their own superstars. When you look at the Red Sox treating Mookie Betts because of who knows financial reasons, and you see the Nolan Arenado deals of the world. Like the, there's so many times where a superstar gets moved just because of fake financial reasons when these teams are pulling in money and the, the appreciation of these franchises keep going up and up and yet they can't afford to pay some of their star players it really doesn't make any sense and when you combine that with their with, with the, the fan bases of these franchises as well like the teams that you know the Rockies fans like seeing Nolan Arenado go and get traded for like no reason and then the nothing, return and you get nothing, back and for, nothing. for nothing that's the worst part about these superstar deals you move off the guy who is the face of your franchise pulling in all the money for your tickets he's on the the cover of everything then you get nothing back that's why i really don't understand when it comes to most of these superstar trades is the fact that they literally get nothing back in return
1: well i mean i mean your team your team traded your team's the diamondbacks you traded mm-hmm. away Goldschmidt to st louis a couple of years ago mm-hmm. they at least got a couple of decent players back from it, it yeah. wasn't a total bust but at the same time you know you're you're you think you're building towards something and you know at, Look, at, uh, we're gonna take it quick. We're gonna just talk about a couple things. I'm a few years older than you. A little bit. And I remember the scorched earth of 1994 and 1995. Mm. And there was one thing that came out positive in that time that brought baseball's popularity back. But another thing that they did back then that they're still doing now, which is doing the equivalent of pointing a bazooka at their foot and pulling the trigger. And that's not a smart thing to do. Mm-mm. That messes up your foot. <laughs> and then you're going to have to fix it. Um I remember back in 94 and 95. Were you even born then?
0: No, I was I was 3 years away from being a thought.
1: Okay. So you were born into a world where you know, you, you, you this is the first time you're experiencing a labor strike mm-hmm. in baseball. Uh, I'm gonna. I just let me just <laughs> transition for one thing. I, I have a point. I teased, but um, <laughs> okay. My family moved to Europe in 19 in the early 1980s when I was a kid, and I lived a couple of years in in Switzerland. Oh wow! And in 1981, I was there. I was already an out of my mind baseball fan, and it was hard to follow baseball in a pre-internet world in Switzerland getting the International Herald Tribune, which we just have the line scores of the previous day. And I had all my mom's old baseball books from the 50s. So I basically became a baseball historian. I sit there reading about the Yankees in the 1950s. That summer, we visited um, America for about five or six weeks, I think it was. We were just going to come back and spend like a holiday. And all I wanted to do the summer of 1981, I wanted, there were two things I wanted to do. I wanted to see the movie Superman Mm 2, because it involved the Krypton criminals breaking out from the Phantom Zone, and they'd set that up in Superman 1. And I wanted to see a baseball game, live. I came back. They were on strike. (laughs) Dang. It was the 1981 strike. (laughs) They did you dirty. And I didn't get to go see a game at Fenway Park. At the end of our trip there, the strike ended... And I wound up going to a game at Shea Stadium with my cousins. We saw the Phillies play the Mets. And I got to see Pete Rose and Mike Schmidt play. It was the only time I ever saw Pete Rose play live. And it was Mets hat day. So I was able to get a Met hat at Shea Stadium. Even though I wasn't a Met fan, it was still cool. So I did get to see a game. But I was like, I come all the way here. There's no baseball. But uh, the World Series being canceled in 94- spring training turning into the fiasco with replacement players in 95. Mm -hmm. I really didn't think we were ever going to see a fiasco like that ever again. It was one of those things like you would think lessons would be learned. Mm -hmm. And we're not there yet. We're not using replacement players. Thank goodness. We haven't canceled the World Series. Thank goodness. Um, The thing that saved baseball was steroids. Mm -hmm. And every time there's been a major problem in baseball they've turned to a way to increase offense whether it was using a tighter baseball in the 1920s where suddenly the home run champ went from going from 15 to 60 and eras went from going from like one to seven <laughs> in like one year um and then were, the pitchers were dominating too much in the 60s so they created the designated hitter and they lowered the mound And then baseball needed anything to bring fans back. Ripken did it for about an hour and a half. And then they said, hey, if we people like big muscular dudes hitting home runs, uh, what steroids? I don't know what you're speaking of. And suddenly baseball baseball was back by Mm -hmm. 1998. It was dead in the water in 95. And it was back better than ever in 98. And they built all these new stadiums to the point where Dodger Stadium is now the second oldest stadium in the National League. Coors Field is the third oldest stadium in the National League, and because of steroids, Mm -hmm. and we're going to see a new steroid era. They're going to look the other way at steroids, and when baseball comes back, we get the universe. It's going to be a combination. They're going to all three of the things. They're going to get a new ball, make the DH universal, and you're going to see players showing up looking like uh, Drax from Guardian of the Galaxy. Hell, they may look like Groot. And uh, here we go. We're going to have a new steroid era, and it's going to save baseball.
0: Yeah, well, I hope so. I'm not too sure if we'll actually get that. I assume we'll probably put some drug testing plans back in place, just because, I mean, you could tell these players that they could look uh, use steroids and we're going to look the other way, you know do the look the other way thing like we did during the steroid era. But then when these players start to come up on the hall of fame ballots, we go through all these controversies again. I don't know if the players want to actually go through that whole process of Being the new Barry Bonds for this generation. So even though it sounds good in practicality, the steroid era, I would love to have it back. I don't even know if the players want to participate in the we're going to look away that the baseball likes to do because I think at the end of the day, it's actually going to hurt a lot of the players' legacies if they care about that, of course, if they care about these barbershop debates because you never know, they might. So I think players, they they... I think they actually might stay away from the steroid era just because of how uh, of all the negativity and the criticism that just surrounds players that use PEDs nowadays. So I think they might stay away from that. But the universal DH, I'm glad that they bring it back. And if they want to add more offense to the game, let's ban the universal DH. Joey Gallo, I'm all the way with you. Let's make the shift in a legal defense. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Dimebacks Podcast. Shout out to Sully Baseball for this crossover. I look forward to talking to him every Monday. As always, come back for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight on Fridays. we'll be doing another ranking. And I got part two of my crossover with Sully Baseball. As always, as well, stay safe, stay healthy, and thanks for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen of the day. Go make your second listen, Lockdown MLB with Sully Baseball as he brings you a unique perspective on the majors, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Nooses.